Hello to all my children's writing friends. This is Lori at the Writer's Way podcast and welcome to a little piece of holiday joy. It's the 12 days of marketing. Hello, writers. Lori Wright here from the Writer's Way podcast bringing to you 12 days of marketing for children's authors. Happy Christmas, my friends. Okay, so what are we going to do first? You want to get right into it. I know you want to know about ads. You want to know what you can do that will sell more books for the least amount of time and energy. And so I am the anti-Santa, uh, if that's what you're hoping I'm going to be able to tell you because I can't. Here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that consistency pays off always and everything. I can tell you that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. That's what I tell my son in soccer too. No, really. Um, I've hosted the Writer's Way for just over a year now, and it's been fabulous getting to know all different kinds of children's authors and hearing their stories. Something that seems to be universal among them is they're all quite proud that they've published, but they're also overwhelmed by the marketing aspect. The marketing is not fun. Well, sometimes it's fun but it's mostly fun when it makes you money and it works. And it's mostly not fun when it doesn't and you just feel frustrated, right? And overwhelmed. So I decided that as a December treat, I would bring you this special series, 12 Days of Marketing for Children's Authors. Today's going to be a bit of an intro session. I'm going to call it pre-marketing. I'm not sure that this stuff is technically marketing, but if these things that I'm going to talk about today aren't in place, your marketing efforts might not get you anywhere. Sorry, not sorry. So then I'm going to talk about tomorrow, things that will make your marketing easier, things that you should be working on consistently all the time, have them in place um, just to make everything that you do marketing wise easier. And then on day three, we'll move on to traffic, different kinds of traffic and how you get it. And as the days go on, I'll dive deeper into specific strategies, as well as the relative effectiveness of the strategies. Now, thank you to Jackie, who got my email about this 12 days of marketing series and wrote me a message and said, can you, you know, rate them in terms of the payoff? I can't remember her exact wording, but thanks, Jackie, for emailing me that. It's really hard to say that because it depends on your book. It depends on your consistency. It depends on so many things, but what I can do is give you an idea, maybe a scale of one to 10 or one to five. We'll see as I go on uh, how much time and energy the strategies take and usually what the result is. So lots of time and energy for a little minimal result, lots of time and energy every day consistently for a slow build. That's kind of what everything is or the most bang for your buck. And there is definitely an answer to that one. So stay tuned. Okay, the first thing we're going to talk about today on day one of the 12 days of marketing is your actual story. So if your story doesn't resonate with readers, well, buyers, so if your story doesn't resonate with parents and teachers and grandparents, or if there's poor editing and it maybe shows on the look inside, if the fonts or the illustrations are not quite right and they end up being off-putting, all your marketing efforts are not going to pay off as much as a book that doesn't have those obstacles. If it's not a subject matter in your book that people are actively searching for, the book marketing won't work as well. And conversely, if your topic has been done a million times, you might not get tra traction because the market is practically saturated. Now that doesn't mean you 
shouldn't write on a certain topic, but it does mean that you might need to be more creative about it. Okay. And if you are reading your book and you've done it and you've tried different things and you're not sure, you know, is it this, is it that, is it fonts, is it cover, is it illustrations, is it writing, get in touch with me and we'll, we'll work out. I'll do a critique for you. I'll, I'll do a manuscript or a whole book critique, assuming your manuscript is already published. So a whole book critique, get in touch and we can set that up. If you are in that boat and you're like, I just don't know. I don't know what it is. Send me a message and I'll, I'll hook you up with a critique. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so now let's talk about your book's foundation. So before you make even one social post or one ad, your book foundation needs to be set up really well. Why? Because, are you ready for this number? 4,500 new books are published every day on Amazon. So you can't afford to overlook this part. Unless, you know, unless you're not interested in selling your book, unless just publishing it was the dream and the dream is done, but then you should tune me off, tune me off, turn me off and go listen to another podcast because that's not what this is about. This is for children's authors who want to actually sell more books. Okay. So what we're talking about setting up your foundation, the first thing we're talking about is your metadata. So that is the seven keywords that you choose in the back end when you first publish on Amazon. You, you pick the targeted words so that when people on the front end of Amazon type in kids books about your book with the metadata keyword kids books about your topic will be much more likely to be found. And a lot of people don't know what to put there. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll put kids. I'll, I'll put children's books. I'll put dinosaurs. And it's just, it's too broad. There's, you know, 500,000 other books out there that also have kids and kids books and children's books and dinosaurs in their metadata. And it's not serving you whatsoever. It's not helping you at all. So there's definitely often room for improvement there. Your age range and your categories, those are all things you put in the back when you first publish your book. Now in the back end, you put two categories, but you can email Amazon and add eight more categories. And so that's always beneficial just so that your book will get more visibility. The more places it is, the more visible it will be. Okay. Now all this foundation information that I've talked about. So the metadata keywords, your categories, you should be revisiting this. I would say at least every quarter because shopper behavior changes, consumer trends and habits and and patterns, they, they all change as time goes on. If this foundation piece is missing, then your book is just less likely to convert and you'll have to work your butt off to get people to your book page. And it's just making things harder on you and you don't have the time. You don't have the time to make things harder on yourself. So if you take that pre-marketing couple of steps beforehand, then it will, it will go much easier for you. So if this is an area you struggle with, or you've heard me talk about this, so you have no idea what, where the seven words go or what I'm even, what I'm even talking about. I have a course on metadata. It's cheap. It's easy. Won't take you very long. And people have gone through this course and right after doing it, they've said, Hey, just from fixing my metadata app, I got a big jump in, in book rank. So it is worth it. Definitely worth it. It's on creativewriter.com. This time of year, you know, December, when loads of people and traditional publishers are marketing, just note that any change you make this month 
maybe isn't the best indicator of uh, the effectiveness of the change. So do make changes this month, but give it a month or two to see the effectiveness of the change. Don't change something, wait a week and decide that it hasn't worked, okay? Uh, and just so that you know, with you know, with 45 people publishing daily, you beef up this part of your foundation, you're going to be ahead of most of those 4,500 other daily published books because they're just like you were in the beginning. They have no idea. They don't know what to put in those seven words. They don't know that they can have more categories. They uh, don't know how to write a good book blurb or you know what should be in it or what should not be in it, any of that kind of stuff. So just by doing these couple of pre-marketing things, you're going to be so much further ahead than most other publishers on Amazon. Now let's talk about everybody's favorite topic, your cover. <laughs> people do judge a book by its cover in real life with people and in online life with books. So if your illustrations or your font or your colors, anything like that, if any of that is off-putting or hard to read or confusing, people's brains don't know what to do with that information and they will just pass it by. So they'll see your little book cover, you know, on the page next to 10 other little book covers. And if something is off-putting about it, they're going to pass it by. They're not going to click. It's going to be like they don't even see it at all. So a lot of times people feel like they have to stand out and be really unique uh, because they want to do something that hasn't been done before. But the truth is that you want to fit in in a good way, actually. You want your cover to look just like all the other really well done books so that it doesn't turn people off and something about it hooks them and catches them and they click through to your book page. It can be a hard thing to figure out, to master. You know, us authors, a lot of times we don't have that background in fonts, colors, design. We're not that person. You know, we're teachers, we're parents, we're grandparents, we're not designers. And so we know what looks good to us. We know we love purple or what or whatever, but maybe that's not what will appeal to the masses. And maybe that's not what is going to fit in the best on Amazon. So, you know, sometimes you have to eat a little bit of humble pie and either reach out and ask your friends or get in touch with an actual cover designer or something like that. Because honestly, so much as such a teeny thing as, as having the wrong font or seemingly teeny, it isn't actually a teeny, teeny thing. It's a huge thing, but just having, you know, an off-putting font or a font people can't read, that's enough to tank your sales. And so if that is the case with your book cover, no matter how much marketing you do, no matter how much traffic you send to your book page, it's just not going to convert. Okay. I um, have actually recovered two of my nine books. And I know I, I hear all the time of novelists who do it actually routinely every few years to stay current with the trend changes. So it's not a not done thing. That wasn't very good English, but I hope you know what I mean. It's totally something that you can do. So something that a lot of children's authors do that works really well to figure out, you know, how your cover compares is they put it alongside a few traditionally published books and then see if the, theirs stands out like a sore thumb for, you know, a bad reason. Sometimes though, we have no objectivity. <laughs> That's normal. It's like, you know, whose baby is the cutest? <laughs> no objectivity here. Okay. It's always your own. So post a picture of your book with a bunch of other books around it in an author group or ask some other author friends and just make sure that you are prepared for their answers. Some people have a lot of tact. 
Some people do not. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, takes all kinds to, to make the world go round. So as long as you steal yourself for the inevitable, yeah, that sucks. And, you know, 20 people suggesting that you should change your top font to 20 different font. Just be prepared for that is what the point that I'm trying to make here. So I do want you to know, let's say your cover is like a, a six out of 10, or maybe like a five, a five, six out of 10. So in other words, it's not absolute trash, but it's not art, like beautiful art that would be prominently displayed on the front table of your local bookstore. What I want to say is you're not dead in the water just because your cover isn't a 10 out of 10. I mean, how many covers are actually 10s out of 10s? So you will have to work harder to get people to your book page. You will have to share maybe more of your interior pages or more about your message or the book's benefit, the value, all that kind of stuff. So you're not dead in the water if your cover isn't great. And I always say, try everything else before you change your cover because you can change your description, your metadata, your categories, all for free. And you can't really, unless you're the illustrator, change your cover for free. So try everything out to see if that helps your traction before you just start changing your cover. Okay, the last thing I'm gonna talk about in this whole foundation pre-marketing session today is dun, 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 reviews. We love them. We hate asking for them, but they are so beneficial. Why? Because they are social proof. Consumers look at a book page like this. I want you to picture this in your mind. So first they're on the left-hand side of the book page. They look at the cover. Then they move towards the right and they read some of the blurb, like the title, the subtitle, maybe a few lines, depending on how readable the blurb is. They go all the way over to the price. Then they go back and they drop down to the reviews. So sometimes they read along the way that our author bio stuff. So it's kind of an F shape pattern you can picture. And we all know this from consumer psychology. So they, they look at all that stuff and then they drop down to the reviews. So let's say you have a hundred reviews. That's really good. But what if the most recent review is from 2016? Not so good. If that happened to you and you were out uh, looking for, you know, new cookies online on Amazon. And the last review was from 2016. You would wonder if the company was even still up and running and you would probably skip it and go back to another one that might even have worse reviews, you know, like a star less or something. But if they're current or if there's more of them, chances are that's the product that you're going to buy. And yes, my examples are always cookies because I love cookies. Okay. So, so there we have it. We have you have to think about your story. You have to think about all this pre-marketing stuff, your book foundation. You have to, or you're just going to be making things so much harder for you. So your description, your metadata keywords, your categories, reviews, these are all things that you need to be aware of. You need to work to make all of this the best that you possibly can. And it's going to make all your marketing efforts so much easier. So tomorrow we're going to talk about things that make marketing easier. Yay. So not quite marketing yet, but almost, almost marketing. Head over to creativewriter.com for that metadata course if you want help with this piece of the book marketing puzzle. And then come back tomorrow and I'm going to try to help make your marketing life easier. Bye, my friends.